<coughs> one of the things that, that, that Clay said in the, the Bible study time, which was really good, uh, he said, how did they know when they heard false teaching? And that fits in with spiritual gifts within the early church. Because you think about it, what, what books of the Bible did they have? The Old Testament. And not and, and they didn't have, you know, like we all have one. We all have two or three, or four, or five. Okay, you know, you get one and the pages start falling out of it, so it goes in the bookshelf, you get a new one. They didn't have that. And as we start to go through spiritual gifts, you're going to find that, especially in this particular time, there were gifts that were given that were there to help and protect the early Christians, the early believers, against false teaching. Okay? Now, what do we have today? Well, we have the complete Word of God. We have the pure, preserved, inspired Word of God. Psalm 12, 2 Timothy 3, okay. Psalm 119. And we have that. We also have the Holy Spirit. So the, the dynamic of some of the spiritual gifts has changed to some degree. Okay. But that was it. Yeah, that was a good. You guys did good. I, I I really enjoy hearing you guys interact uh, with that because so many times when we can talk through something too, as we're trying to to sort it out in our minds, and, and uh, we have the the opportunity to talk it through, it helps. It's like, all right, I get it, and. Uh, so we're just going to keep plugging through. Uh, today we're just going to kind of take a little bit of an introduction into spiritual gifts. And then I'm going to break the gifts up into uh, a couple categories. And we're going to spend the next, you know, it might take us three, four weeks to get through these. But to help us understand uh, these spiritual gifts that God gives. But today is more of an introduction to spiritual gifts. You know, like I was you know, saying, what they are and what they ain't. Because there's a lot of misconception of what spiritual gifts are. And a lot of confusion. The reason that I read Matthew 16 where Jesus says and upon this rock I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it what he's saying there is this rock is not Peter okay Peter means little stone that word rock means rock of Gibraltar okay kind of in our thinking fortress foundation unmovable, unshakable. Okay? And that 
rock was the confession that Peter made that has to do with Jesus is come in the flesh. Thou art what? The Christ, the Son of the living God. His humanity and His deity wrapped up into one statement. Then he says that upon this rock, this confession, I'll build my church in the gates of hell, no, no matter what hell can throw against it. It will not overcome it. Last week I made the statement that so many churches today have become, and denominations have become this religious monstrosity that destroys and doesn't build up. You know, it's kind of like uh, Hunchback of Notre Dame. Remember them old movies and they try to do the old Quasimodo and you know what I mean? That's what a lot of teaching today has turned into. That's what churches and denominations today because we've done what? We've veered from the faith. What is the faith? Right here. Instead of being you know, and the best way I can describe it is, is, you know, back in the day, the Olympics used to kind of be a big deal. Today, it's just, you know, it happens, but I don't hear people talking about it a lot. Unless something really, you know, some guy breaks a record by three seconds or something. But I remember watching those decathletes, and I think that they do ten different events. And they used to say that they were the finest athletes in the world. And you watch them, and you want to talk about a, a well-oiled machine was, was one of those decathletes. They did everything. And that's what Jesus, in a sense, ordained the local church to be. That's why it's called a body. And in doing so, God has endowed through His grace gifts to enable that and to help us. So, Romans 12, let's look at verse 3 again. For I say through the grace given unto me to every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly according as God hath dealt to every man the measure of faith. For as we have many members in one body, and all members have not the same office, so we being many are one body in Christ, and every one members one of another. There is a key ingredient here in spiritual gifts. And it's humility. Jesus, when He began the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew chapter 5, verse 3, what did He deal with? The first verse, Blessed are the what? Poor in spirit. What does that mean? It means those that have a right view of themselves, that realize that they are destitute before God. Well, this is why Paul says, Listen, we need to approach unity in the body. We need to approach these spiritual gifts. We need to approach our role in the body of Christ, the local church, 
with humility. You know what got the church at Corinth in trouble? The church at Corinth, or 2 Corinthians, was a very gifted church. God blessed them. But you know what came along with those gifts? Pride. Arrogance. Just because they were gifted didn't mean they were mature in the Lord. You see what I'm saying? God blessed them with gifts. God enabled them and said, hey, you are in a place where I'm going to endow you with these spiritual gifts so that you can do what it is I've called you to do for one another to build up one another but also to be a light in your community and Corinth was a wicked evil place Corinth and Ephesus were both i tell you what you better buckle up you better cock your hammer living in Corinth or Ephesus okay they had a problem with humility. They had a problem. And, and I tell you what, that we need to be so very careful. And when we start this study on spiritual gifts, we need to come at it more. And, 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 and when we pray, we can ask God for spiritual gift. We can desire those things. But it's in humility and in a spirit of service and wanting the best for one another and wanting to serve one another that we should ask for spiritual gifts. You know, I, I, I made the statement last week that you know the, the least person in our whole group, if, if you really kind of wanted it, is, is sitting right up here right now. Oh, the preacher's in charge. Yeah, not so much. Pastoring and teaching and all that. It, it's, it's servitude. Paul said, I am a bond slave. Think about that. But we're all here to serve one another. We're all here as a body. And so we need to remember that spirit of humility. You know, I always, I always get a little concerned in, in two areas. When I talk to somebody and we're talking about salvation and the first word out of their mouth is I. Yeah, you didn't do nothing. I didn't do anything. God saved me. God brought me to the point where he showed me my need for a Savior and He showed me my sin. The faith that it speaks of in verse 3, according as God hath dealt to every man the measure of faith. Faith, that saving faith was a gift from God. Think about it. So when I hear somebody go, well, I did this and I did that, I'm like, oh, Lord help. But also when it comes to these spiritual gifts. Well, I've always known I had the gift of love. You know, I start bouncing my head off the wall. Going, oh boy, 
better buckle up. Here we go. It's not about I. It's about our service to the Lord. Our service to one another in humility and worship. You know, you worship the Lord when you use that gift that He has enabled you with. Think about that. So he says, For as we have many members in one body, and all members have not the same office, so we being many are one body in Christ, and every one members one of another. He likens the local church to a body. Now, everybody in this world who has been saved and will be saved are in Christ. But we operate, and God operates in local church bodies. I can't affect I can't even affect what a church local church does in Silver City. I could pray for them, but I, I'm not I'm not a foot over there. You follow what I'm saying? God's got me here. We are we all in Christ? Yes, we are. But God has put and He's putting together a local church body here in Buckhorn to do His work here. Now we're all connected through the Holy Spirit. We are all in Christ. But when we're talking about this, you know, he's, he's talking about at this level here. Okay. We have many members in one body and all members have not the same office. We are not all endowed or given the same gifts. Now, that does not mean that in a local church there aren't a few people that have a gift of faith, a gift of giving, a gift of what we call health, a gift of administration. Okay, a lot of these different gifts, all right? But it's a body. The body doesn't function very good with one leg or three legs. You see what I'm saying? There's balance to a body. You know, one of the things that makes athletes so good, you know, I like, you know, I'm, I'm kind of, you know, I, this time of year I start really watching the the saddle bronc stuff because it starts getting kind of tight, you know. Guys are all wanting to go to the NFR. You got about six or seven guys that, I mean, the top 15 are all good. Any one of them could win. But there's six or seven guys that, that one of the things that separates them is their balance. And to be sitting up there in the middle of all that and just, it's like, a walk in the park almost for some of them. But they're balanced. Everything functioning together. And that's what he's saying here in verses 4 and 5. We're all members of the same body, but we're members one of another. Let's run over to Ephesians 4. And we, boy, a long time ago when we first started, remember that? We went through Ephesians chapter 4. And I said, this is one of the greatest chapters on the local church and what the local church should look like and act like and behave. Remember that? Out on the porch? Uh-huh. <laughs> no? Janet remembers. I remember. Okay, good. <clears throat> I was fixing to change up today. No, I'm kidding. 
Verse 16, it says, From whom the whole body fitly joined together and compacted by that which every joint supplieth, according to the effectual working in the measure of every part, maketh increase of the body unto the edifying of itself in love. <clears throat> What's he describing here? He's describing a body full of bones and joints and muscles and tendons and nerves, all working together to perform the function that God created it to perform. We all have a part. We all have a purpose. We all have a function. We are all part of the body becoming stronger. You know, it's like you do curls. I'm going to do curls every day. And so your arm gets really strong. Well, if your shoulder doesn't keep up to your arm, it's going to damage your shoulder. So we're all connected. We all have a part in strengthening one another. And that takes, back to verse 3, humility. It takes us not putting ourselves and going, me, 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 I, I, I. We start looking at others. Number one, we start looking at the Lord because as I said, us exercising our spiritual gifts is worship. Think about it. We are being faithful with something that God has not just given us, but implanted in us, endowed us with, and enabled us to perform it. <clears throat> what greater way to worship than to exercise your spiritual gift in the proper attitude and proper spirit? <clears throat> Let's go to 1 Corinthians 12. And these are the three main chapters, portions of Scripture dealing with <clears throat> spiritual gifts. These will, these will be where you predominantly find the list that accumulates the spiritual gifts that God has given. So, We've looked at how do we approach our spiritual gift. Alright? Through humility. And should we desire <clears throat> spiritual gift <clears throat> so that we can be part of the body that builds and strengthens and encourages one another that is used by God to, to hone that body to, to what... Christ ordained it to be? Yes. But in doing that, it's not about I, it's about Him and everybody else. <clears throat> I should want what is best for Ray. And my gift is designed, hopefully, to help Ray. To strengthen Ray, because really... We're connected by spiritual tendons. He might be an arm, I might be a shoulder. We're connected. You say, but I'm just a little toe. 
well, let me go get my anvil and my two-pound rounding hammer. And you say, I don't influence or affect anybody. I'm a little toe. We're going to put your foot up on that. I'm going to take a swing and I'm going to smash your little toe. And you tell me if that don't affect the whole body. Yeah, you think just a little toe's going to turn purple and black and blue? You see what I'm saying? We we are connected spiritually. <clears throat> so where do these gifts come from? How how do we receive these gifts? And this is part of what they are and what they ain't. Verse four or verse eleven of First Corinthians twelve. But all these worketh. Now I just gave us a list of some of the gifts. There's administrations. Uh, we have knowledge, wisdom, faith, and then we're going to have some gifts, especially in this list that were predominantly and specifically for that early church, which Clay brought up, and we'll deal with all that stuff. And also, by the way, when we start going into the list of gifts, we'll treat it like Bible study time. You got questions, you interrupt. You, we, we're going to work through this because I want us to be very clear on these things. Because Satan can use our opinions on spiritual gifts to really cause divisions. <clears throat> But he says, but all these work at that one in the self-same spirit, dividing to every man severally as he will. Where do these spiritual gifts come from? God. <clears throat> they are literally the working of grace in the life of each believer. That is the source. Verse 18, But now hath God set the members, every one of them, in the body, as it hath pleased Him. <clears throat> Alright, that's the source. That's where they come from. What they are not, spiritual gifts are not your talents and abilities and inclinations. I've had people go, well, my spiritual gift is I can run fast. I'm going, really? Well, I'm glad you think so. Not so much. We all have different talents and abilities. Okay? Some of you are very organized. Some of us are not. Now, can God take that talent and ability and mold it into the use of your spiritual gifts? Yes. Some are very good athletes. Some, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, have the ability to speak. Okay. In the New Testament, <clears throat> man, you can tell I've been up north. <clears throat> Paul was not a tremendous speaker. He even said it himself. 
He said, I come and you, you say, oh, Paul is weak and this and that. But when he's writing letters, he's bold. <clears throat> Apollos, who we see in the book of Acts, was a tremendous speaker. Tremendous orator. You know, people just love to listen to him. Charles Spurgeon had a big old booming voice. I mean, it would just carry from ever. <clears throat> that was just part of his creative process when God created him in the womb. Some people, you know, they just have different ability. Well, can play the piano and not use music. You know what? Some can sing. You know, singing is not a spiritual gift. Can it be used in conjunction, maybe, with uh, exhortation? Yeah, God can do that. But it's not a spiritual gift. You notice it says here in two places that as it hath pleased God, God gives them. Spiritual gifts are a special enablement, endowment, implanting of a special, if you want to call it, ability or gift by the grace of God. <clears throat> It's not something you just grew up with, per se. It is God giving. Uh, <clears throat> I've seen folks that in Ephesians 4, the gift of pastor teacher, it's at the end of that verse where it says, and some apostles, and some prophets, and some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers. It didn't say and some pastors and some teachers. For that particular verse, it combines pastor and teacher. <clears throat> Some of the greatest pastors, most gifted pastors I have ever seen, could not preach their way out of a paper bag. But that's not their gift. Their gift is shepherding the people. Their gift is the ability to just sit down and impart the Word of God and their people love them. And they love their people. And, and they're a gifted shepherd. And if you knew them 20 years ago, you'd be going, how, how did this happen? I'll tell you how it happened. God gifted them with the gift of that pastor teacher. It wasn't cultivated. You know, we got so many guys in the ministry today that, you know, granddaddy was a preacher, dad was a preacher, and by yemeni, that's what I'm going to do. Well, is that your gift? Is that what God's called you to be? You see what I'm saying? That gift of faith, so many folks I've been around that just have that faith, you look in their background, and, and they weren't known for faith when they were younger. They weren't known even... You follow what I'm saying? 
God reaches down and he and he and he in a sense touches them and and boy that faith just comes to the surface. I've been around a few people like that. And they could be incredibly encouraging to be around. Because they never speak anything that is not in line with the Word of God, but boy, their faith. And, and a lot of times God has used trials and tribulations in their life to cultivate and bring that faith to the surface. Giving. God gives that gift of giving. I've been around a few people that just couldn't give it up. Remember old, uh, they named a college after Cochran, the uh, last name of Laterno, Laterno University. He built heavy equipment. Got it gifted him with the gift of giving. You realize he tithed and gave offerings to the tune of 90% of his income. He only kept 10% of his income. And God blessed him. There's a gift of giving. So don't confuse it with just physical talents and abilities. <clears throat> Can God use those? Sure He can. I almost said 20 years ago, but 30, 35 years ago, if you'd have said, well, you're going to be doing this, I'd probably, you know, you got to be kidding. Go away. They're a working of God. They're a working of grace in the life of the believer. And more often than not, they are recognized by everyone else. As a person grows, and as they learn to apply the Word of God in their life, and they're growing, and, and and they had that desire, Lord, use me. Right? Use me in the sphere where you placed me. God starts to work and cultivate and bring that gift to the surface. More often than not, it is recognized by those around. As a person grows, you start to see it. They start to come to the surface. All of this lends itself to verse 25, chapter 12 of 1 Corinthians, that there should be no schism in the body, that, but that the members should have the same care one for another. Why are we, do we have these? Why has God endowed us with gifts? It is to build the body, it is to care for one another. It is to realize that all our gifts are different. And some of the gifts can kind of play in together. <clears throat> Let's take the gift of being able to teach. 
It's one thing to impart knowledge, X's and O's. But it's another thing to not only impart the knowledge, but then to exhort people to what? Act on that knowledge. What is that? We have the gift of teaching and the gift of exhortation. God bringing them together. You know, some of the... <coughs> Some of the, the, the folks that have had the most influence on me over the years have had that gift of exhortation. It's not just cheerleading. Okay? It's not just rah, rah, rah. But it's encouraging to act upon the Word of God. Hey, you know what it says. Now, come on. Let's go. And a lot of times they don't just say go do it. They say let's go. You follow? You've been around folks like that? That I mean through through the difficulties and the storms and all of that. They just there's that buoyancy that they have that carries them through. Man, those folks have that gift of exhortation. You know, and there's other gifts. I mentioned the gift of helps, which I think is probably one of the most important gifts. <clears throat> We had a guy in our church up north. Uh, uh, he's a, he's seventeen hundred miles away. He's not going to know, and he wouldn't care. His <clears throat> name was Les Coleman. I used to just I, I used to that guy could read my mind. Something's in it. Over time, it's like there's your gift of help. There's your gift of ministering behind the scenes. I mean, I swear, sometimes I would think about something and I'd come back next Sunday and it'd be done. And I'm going, did I say something? And Les would come up and go, yeah, I, I seen that. We, we, we talked about that six months ago. I figured it was just time I need to take care of it. He goes, so just so you know that nobody broke in. I went, okay. But that was Les Cole. Now, I don't know what it was. Well, I know what it was. It was that God's gifting of that gift of helps, that behind the scenes. He never asked for anything. Never wanted to be recognized. He just, you know, had that attitude of, alright, what's next, Lord? I mean, it was just, you knew it. It was just cut above. Everybody knew it. I mean, it almost got to the point of, you know, we'll pray about it, then Les will take care of it. You know, we'd, we'd laugh. But, but that, I mean, it was just, and we had a few of those books. Old Marvin Hagman got saved at 80 years old. He was like, all right, Les, what do we got to do? You know? I mean, he's right in there. And, and willing to do you know, it's just, Lord, what do you need me to do? I told him, Marvin, you're going to be teaching along with these other two guys. And he looked at me like I stole his best fucking. He went, no, no, no. And I remember Marvin was one of those guys that he would write down his sermons, if you want to call them that, word for word. And the first time he did one, he goes, I went over, it's 25 minutes. I'm going, okay. It's like seven and a half. And then he looked at me like, I'm done. I went, perfect, you're good. But Marvin was just willing. And, and, you know. 
you could just see it. It was just this cut above. I mean, we all want to help. We all want to, to serve, and we all want to do. But man, it just you, you saw it, and everybody saw it. <clears throat> and and you know, gifts of of, of administrations and, and and handling stuff. You know, I'm thankful for those gifts. Because, like I said, I'm like, deal with it. I got another fish to fry. You know. And folks that have that ability to organize and here we are. But it's all there. And we all need to understand that we have a dependence on one another. And we can temper one another and we can encourage one another. But it creates a balance in the body. <clears throat> and when a local body is, is growing and all the gifts are working together, there's a balance there. And it works. Number one, we got to have the right spirit. One of humility. One of Lord. I I want to. I want to serve. I want to, but help me to understand and, and and show me and use me, and then just keep moving forward and allow God to work. And, and boy, it'll come to the surface. <clears throat> I said it last week. It doesn't come through taking a survey. Okay? I'm going to get online. There's a test I can take to know what my spiritual gift is. You know what those work good for? Kindling in the wintertime. You let God do it. You let the Word of God do it. You let the Holy Spirit, and as, as it begins to manifest itself, others will see. And then it fits. Because when we're taking, you ever take tests like the. Facebook. What is it with these surveys that people take? And they take a survey based about their character or whatever, and it always paints them as this Joan of Arc or Richard the Lionheart. And I'm going, I know you. You nuh uh. You're a knothead. You know? I'm a knothead. But you know what I'm saying? They always come out just looking like, you know. George Washington crossing the Delaware. <laughs> and I'm just going, wow! You know? Why? Because you, you've taken the test and you answer the way you want to answer them. You know, subliminally, we do that stuff. And I've had people go, well, I took this and my spiritual gift is this. And you're going, okay. Well, I hope so. But more often than not, Uh, you know what I mean? It's not the same. So what do we do? We allow the Holy Spirit, we allow the Word of God to work in our life. Right? We allow Him to bring it to the surface. Through our desire to be used, through our desire to serve, understanding that it is, it is special, it's, 
It's a special working of grace in the life of each believer. To do what? To strengthen and build up one another. Okay? Why? So that the body isn't divided. So that we strengthen and we come together. And we can be what Jesus ordained the local church to be. And we can accomplish what He desired for us to accomplish in our own lives, but in the lives of one another. In in almost a corporate worship of Him. You know, the Bible talks about sacrifices that are of a sweet-smelling savor to God. When you have a local church and a group of folks coming together desiring to be used by God, desiring to serve the Lord Jesus Christ, desiring to serve one another and coming together, you know, that is a sacrifice to God that is sweet-smelling to Him. See, that pleases Him. God is pleased and God blesses when He sees Himself in us. So He gives us gifts. And, and it, you know, I'm not going to say it doesn't take a while for it to come to the surface. You just keep moving forward. You keep applying the Word of God. You keep seeking Him. You keep moving forward and then just watch what He does. Because Ecclesiastes 3.14 says when God does it, you can't take away from it and you can't add to it. He does it right. So we allow God to do this. Next week, we'll start going through the spiritual gifts. And again, I'm going to break them up into a couple categories. We're going to go over these things and what they were for in the early church, what they were, and how they're used today, what God does. And again, we're going to be applying the whole of Scripture to these. Context. Let's pray. Father, thank You for Your Word, Lord. I thank You for uh, the spiritual gifts that You have enabled and endowed uh, Your children in the body to serve You and to serve one another, Father. And I just pray that we would earnestly desire these, Lord, that You would make it clear in each life as we go through these and over the uh, the near future, Father, just the Holy Spirit does His work and the Word of God does its work. Lord, we begin to see this come to fruition. Thank you for the Lord Jesus. Thank you for the cross of Calvary in Jesus' name. Amen.